Super Talk Mississippi media production. Let's continue the SEC preview. We're back in the SEC East. We're on Rocky Top talking Tennessee athletics and on the Welcome uh, welcome Home Beef Hotline, our good friend Wes Rucker from uh, Vols 24-7. You know, we were there in Knoxville last year where the, the Tennessee season, I felt that's where it turned around was against Mississippi State uh, a season ago. It really was the tale of, of two seasons, I guess, if you want to go cliched for the Vols. Look, going, looking into 2020, which team is, is the real Tennessee? You know, I mean, I think the, the easy thing to, to guess is that it's maybe somewhere in between those things. Certainly, you know, Tennessee's that back half of the schedule, clearly, you know, they didn't have some of those games that they had early on in the season. But then again, I mean, they opened the season with a loss to Georgia State. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what can you really say about that? You know, it, it's, um, it, it's interesting how... I'm not sure, because I've been doing this for, gosh, 20 years now. I'm showing my age. And, and I, I've seen lots of different kinds of seasons. I've seen lots of, uh, you know, great seasons, like championship caliber seasons. I've seen some horrible seasons where, where coaches had to be fired. And I've seen a lot in between. And, and I don't know that I've seen many seasons that kind of, you know, just flipped as, as kind of like that one did. It was just really, really quick. And, and I don't know. I don't think it was just one thing. I think a combination of things came together. Um, but if you want to pin it on one thing, I, I think they just sort of they, they just sort of learned eventually. They just they, they stuck together. They fought. They got a little bit healthier on defense, and, and they started getting better. And you look at the way they're recruiting now, and you, you look at what they're building up front. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're Tennessee again, the Tennessee that I've known in the past. Uh, but but they're getting closer to that. Obviously, you know one of the big stories last year for Tennessee was the quarterback situation going back and forth uh, between Garantano and uh, and Brian uh, Marr. You know injury. Uh, I, I think it was in the uh, the Mississippi State game again where where Marr looked like he had hold of that job and and then you know gets hurt in that game. You had the incident at the Alabama game. You know where is the quarterback position uh, for this season? Who's going to take? Who's going to be QB one going into the year? Well, you know, it, it's kind of been interesting that, that if you have to guess, you just at this point say Garantano. I mean, he's kind of one of those weevils, right? He wobbles and and he, he maybe does fall down occasionally, but he gets back up. Uh, it, it's been, if you could figure out what's going on with Jared Garantano, if you could figure that out, you would be a very wealthy person <laughs> because you would have a key to uh, a big mystery that a lot of people have had for years. Uh, it has absolutely never been a talent issue with him. Uh, the kid can make every throw on the field. Uh, he's not a great athlete like a Joshua Dobbs, but he's a good athlete. Uh, and, and he he has the ability to make throws that only good quarterbacks can make. Uh, but then he has moments where you go, I, I don't know what you're looking at there. It, it's, it's kind of baffling. And I will say that a quarterback, you know, that any mistake you make, there, it's certainly maybe cornerback is the only place on the field that also every time they make a huge mistake, it's that obvious, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think that's – he's just got to figure out how to keep the thing switched on. I do think that he has to go in to camp whenever that eventually happens. I think he's probably got to go into that as the clubhouse leader. Um, but, you know, Tennessee's brought all of those guys back, and Tennessee uh, has signed another kid, you know, uh, one of the top quarterback prospects in America is there now also as a freshman. So that they've got pieces there, um, and I think they've got some options. But but I think 
Garantano being a fifth-year senior, a guy who, you know, I'm not going to say he and Jeremy Pruitt are ride or die together, but they've been <laughs> through a lot together, and they uh, they like each other on a personal level quite a bit. Uh, and so I, I think that that team right now, being where it is, you look at having to replace a, a lot of those wide receivers. Uh, you, you look at the fact that, that they've got so many other parts of the, of the passing game that are going to be new or relatively new. And I think all of that kind of lends itself to saying, well, Garantano is probably the guy if he doesn't screw it up. But, you know, he screwed it up before a few times. So I, I don't know. That's the really short way to answer what I just said for a long time. But it's, it just remains a mystery until someone proves it's not. I like Tennessee's backfield. I think Chandler and Gray, that's a really good combination back there. you got a lot to work with. But losing Jawan Jennings and Marquez Calloway, to the, you know, they're off to the pros. That's two big-time targets off the board there. Who, who are the receivers that, that whoever is quarterback is going to be looking to this year? Well, I think the good news if you're Tennessee is that the most physically gifted of all your wide receivers is back, and that's Josh Palmer. Uh, he, this has been a kid who uh, I, I've been high on this kid since he showed up at Tennessee as a freshman from Canada who not a lot of people really knew much about, but I watched him and said, wow, that's a heck of an athlete there, you know? Uh, that kid, he is big, he's physical, he's fast. I think it was two years ago he was one of the nation's leaders in yards per catch throughout the entire season, average, I think, more than 20 a grab. Uh, he's never really had to, to be relied on as the main guy, but he's been a guy who has made a lot of big plays before. So he's clearly a guy who's going to have to step up behind him. They have some options. Uh, and they've, they've added, I think, a really nice speed component to this class. They've signed three wide receivers in this class who I think can absolutely fly. And, and they will they will give Tennessee something different there because Tennessee's kind of had those big power forward type dudes. You know, Palmer's one of those guys a little bit. Uh, Jennings certainly was, was an absolute dog in that way. Callaway was like that. These are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", big physical kind of box you out, you know, 40-inch vertical type dudes. Tennessee's going to have a couple of shiftier guys who can kind of make you miss and go now. Uh, so I think they'll be pretty decent there, a wide receiver. The, the question is, will they have anybody who can step up and make those plays and just bail them out the way that Jennings and, and the way that Galloway did for the past couple of years? Because if you had taken Juwan Jennings off that Tennessee team the past couple of years, um, it would have been a whole lot worse. They relied on him for a lot. Basically, when things got bad, it was, just chuck it to 15, he'll make something happen. And without that component this year, they're going to have to have somebody step up and do that. They're going to have to get some plays from the tight end position. They also lost uh, the starting tight end of the NFL. So, so they've got some pieces there in, in the passing game to replace. But I, I think in terms of pure athleticism, I think they're going to be as good or better than they were. It's just you know not much in the way of proven experience. Kind of a big-picture question here, Wes, but Jeremy Pruitt, What's kind of the feel around him in Knoxville? Is is everyone bought in at this point? Everyone convinced that that he's the man for the job? Because it doesn't seem like all that long ago where, you know, there was some question was it going to work or not. But Tennessee does seem to be on the on the rise. Um, is everyone pretty well at the point where they believe Jeremy Pruitt is the man for the job in Knoxville? I mean, I don't know if I could ever speak for everyone in a in a fan base the size of Tennessee's. I mean. That's kind of an army, you yeah, know. Yeah. But 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 I, you know, I think everybody knows that. I mean, you can't miss their color, right? You see it from a mile away. But I mean, it, it's there's a lot of them, and they have very very different opinions. You know, they 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 they're they're big First Amendment types because they've all got opinions. <laughs> but I think by and large, 
I do think that that most people really like this guy. And I gotta tell you, after covering Butch Jones for several years, I find Pruitt to be a nice change of pace. You know, I think a guy who's kind of frank and direct and honest and comes right at you right over the top with something. You know, I mean, he doesn't really beat around the bush. He's kind of like that Ron Swanson the bowling, like right down the middle, no spin, no fuss. I mean, that's just kind of, that's who this guy is. And when you have the situation where it doesn't work out with the previous coach, usually you're going to bring in somebody who's a lot different. And I don't know if you could find two human beings who are different than Bush Jones and Jeremy Pruitt. I don't know if you could find two guys who are more different. But that's been what Tennessee needs right now. This guy has contacts all over the South. Uh, he's certainly a good recruiter. Uh, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long ago he was a high school coach. So he knows a lot of people, and he was a great recruiter for Bama, Georgia, Florida State. Uh, he, he kind of established himself as a really good defensive coordinator. Actually, you know, State maybe had a chance to get him before Tennessee did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, you know, and, and, and maybe the way things work out there, you go, ah, you know, maybe could have had him. You know, but, well, that's how it happens sometimes. But I think he's a guy who, I, I said before, I don't I don't make a lot of guarantees in this business. I don't, but I will not be surprised if this guy has success because he just kinda he's a football guy. He understands these people, this culture, he can recruit. He's not afraid to make bold decisions in games. His players absolutely love him. I mean, you know, him coming forward is one of the most active voices in the social justice movement from, from college football head coaches. I don't know if a lot of people saw that coming, no. um, but, I mean, he, he's done that, and his players absolutely love the guy for it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that, that, that Tennessee is back yet. You know, people have said this too many times in recent years, you know. Oh, I think, you know, Kiffin can bring him back. Oh, look at Dooley's attitude, you know. He's going to bring him back. You know, Bush Jones is getting people excited. I'm going to need to see it at this point to believe it. But Tennessee is still a place where you can win at the highest level, and I think this guy has the ability to become that kind of guy. You just got to get through Georgia and Florida, which, you know, I mean, hey, getting back, getting Tennessee back at least above the, above the bottom part of the East, that had to happen, and they've done that because that's an embarrassing place that program never needs to be. They got out of that. That was good. Well, now you got to go catch Georgia and Florida, and that, that's a – you know, that's a bigger piece of the pie, so they're going to have to work for that, but I think they got a chance. If we were doing an SEC draft and I gave you the first pick, would you take Trey Smith? Uh, you know, it's tough to say that because, you know, I mean, I guess, I'll put it this way. I guess I'm asking, of, like, outside of injuries, if we, if we put it in a vacuum just on talent. Yeah, like, if I could just, if you could say, if I could take all those health risks and throw them out the window. Yeah. Uh, I would say without a doubt, 100% inarguably. He is one of the best leaders as people and, and really one of the best, most impressive young people that I've been around. I mean, this kid has been through absolute hell. Uh, he just has. You know, uh, his mother passed away before he came to Tennessee. Uh, he certainly had the blood clots he's had to deal with while he's at Tennessee. Um, twice he's been told he might not ever play the game again. And, and last season, he did what he did despite getting zero full contact practices at all during the regular season because he wasn't able to do it. So this guy, if you can imagine basically where someone is on like the toward the very end of preseason camp, right, like 13, 14 practices, something like that, that thereabouts is where that's what he had at the end of the season. That's all the contact he had. And so for a guy to kind of play at that level despite having to kind of learn on the fly again, get back into shape, not be able to hit people during the week, it's, it's just, I mean, it's absurdly impressive. I mean, this kid, I remember the first time, his first game in Tennessee, they played Georgia Tech. 
Uh, it's kind of a wild game. Tennessee won a couple overtimes. Fun game. But he just absolutely annihilated people up front for most of that game as a true freshman. And I know Tech's not in a great situation right now, but that's still an ACC team. And that was the first game of his career. And by the end of that year, he just kind of kept doing that to people. And there were a couple NFL people I knew who told me he could have been drafted if he'd been eligible to come after his freshman year. I mean, as a lineman, you just don't hear that very often. So, yes, as, as a player, as a person, would I take 1-1 on Trey Smith? I absolutely would. Uh, the question is going to be, when it comes to this point next year, um, you know, or I guess eight, nine months from now, whenever it is, will he be able to prove to them that he's healthy? Uh, will he get the, the, the news he needs from the doctors? That's going to be important because you're going to probably need to practice or so maybe once a week in the league. If you can do that, you're okay. He's just got to prove he can do it because that's a lot of money for a pick. Let's talk about the defense before we get out of here, obviously. We spent a lot on the offense there. Two of the top tacklers gone, uh, Daniel Batuli, and one of my favorite players over the past few seasons, Nigel Warrior. Great name, but a really good player on top of that. What does this defense look like for Tennessee this year? Yeah, Tennessee safeties last season when it was Nigel Warrior and Tank, you know, and Tank, uh, you know, McCullough. Those were a couple of pretty good safety names right there. Yeah. You know, I'll give you that. But I'll give you a better one. This year they got a freshman coming in by the name of Danico Slaughter. Ooh, um, good. Which, yeah, is a kid who actually stayed with his first um, stayed with his first offer uh, when he uh, SEC offer, and then he chose Tennessee late in the process. Kid from Atlanta. But bottom line is, uh, Tennessee's got to replace um, you know one of the best head rushers in college football, and Daryl Taylor, guy who went early in the second round to the Seahawks. Um, that's going to be a guy they got to replace. That's tough. Uh, Daniel Batuli, kind of the heart and soul of that defense there, middle linebacker, and Nigel Warrior on the back end, who you know. Came to Tennessee as a huge prospect and kind of took him about three and a half years to really get going where he needed to be, but he got there. Um, and he ended up being a pretty darn good safety. So Tennessee's got some, 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 some replacements to make at, at sort of some important spots. But overall, they are returning a lot more uh, than they're losing. Uh, they've got just, uh, I think, one of the best two, three top corners. You know, one of the top cornerback groups, I think, in the league, Bryce Thompson's just a sensational player. Then you got Alante Taylor there. You know, you've got, you've got three or four guys there at corner who are pretty good players. Um, McCall is a good safety. Henry Toto is one of the best, you know, young linebackers in college football. Um, and they're replacing or bringing back their top, like, eight defensive linemen, I think. Like, yeah. every defensive lineman from last year is back. And they get back Emmett Gooden who probably would have been their best defensive lineman if he hadn't torn his ACL in camp. So I don't know that they're going to be just an all-world, like, elite defense, um, but I know that they're going to be pretty good. And the reason for that is they've got one of the best defensive coaching staffs in college football. I mean, Jerry Pruitt and Derek Ansley, this was a guy, Pruitt a couple years ago was the highest paid, you know, was one of the best young defensive coordinators in the game. And then you had Derek Ansley, who was the highest paid secondary coach in the NFL. And, and now those two guys are running Tennessee's defense. Uh, so they're going to be pretty good again. And they got last year, as soon as they got a couple of their big guys back after those first two games, they got a lot better. They're going to be pretty good on defense. Now, I'll give you one caveat. They have got to find a pass rush. Um, they've got a couple guys coming back. Um, Kevon Bennett, who's actually um, you know Biscuit Bennett's son, uh, he's a guy who – uh, he's a pretty solid player. They bring in a couple. They've got a couple of young guys. Crouch. Uh, they've got a couple other guys. Roman Harrison. They've got some guys off the edge, but they really, really got to replace Daryl Taylor. If they can do that, they're going to be fine on defense. 
I'll put it this way. They'll be okay, I think, no matter what. But if they get an edge rush, they'll be pretty darn good. That's the way I look at them on that side of the ball. So prognosticate this season for me. Let's, let's play the game that everything's normal and we're going to play 12 games and everything. You know, how does this season look for Tennessee? I mean, I think this, this could be the first time in uh, a while that Tennessee's going to be kind of an eight-win regular season team again. I think that that kind of ability is there. If they play 12 games, I mean, we're – you know, we're assuming they're going to play the full schedule, right? Which, knock sure. on wood, I don't think any of us think that's going to happen at this point. But uh, if they do, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this team's got the ability. Um, you know, it, it's just it comes down to a couple of things. One, can they get decent quarterback play? If they can get pretty good quarterback play, that's number one. Number two, can they find a pass rush? It's not that Tennessee has a lot of questions. They're really good in the kicking game. Pretty good in the return game. Pretty good on defense. I think they're going to be able to run the ball better this year. They should have, I think, maybe one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, if not all of college football. They're going to have a lot of experience and a lot of big guys up there and a lot of guys who are going to play on Sundays. So a lot of the pieces are there. It's not like there are many questions. They're just really, really tough questions. You know, they're tough places to have questions. I'll put it that way. They've got to get good quarterback play, and they've got to find a pass rush. If they do those two things, then, you know, they, they might be right there, um, you know, kind of behind Georgia. They're maybe battling with Florida right there in the east. Um, but if, if not, you know, then they're going to be maybe a, you know, 7-8 win team again. So I think the ability is there. Um, I, I, I never really say much until I see them in camp a little bit and see how healthy they are, see where everything is. But I would guess probably right now if you said, like, gun to the head, you got to guess. I mean, I think this is this could be an eight-win team. I really do think that. I think it's got the ability to, to do some good things. I think it's a program going in a better direction. Um, but is it going to be everything it used to be? Not yet, but I think this could be a step in the process. They remind me a little bit of Texas A&M last season in that they could win eight games and be one of the top 15 teams in the country because they play Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, Alabama this season. They play four of the top maybe five teams in the country just right there so it's, it's just such a tough schedule but i, I agree and you know it's funny yeah. it's funny that if it goes that way you know if i was thinking about this the other day if they go to a if they go from a 12 game mixed schedule to kind of a 10 game sec only schedule oh if yeah they, if they went that way like the big 10 did if they do that and then they add just whatever your next two rotated games would be from the west for tennessee that includes a trip to lsu this year so if if that gets rescheduled uh, if that gets jumbled up, there's a chance that their schedule doesn't get any easier. So, <laughs> so you lose Oklahoma you know, to pick up LSU. That's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that might be how it goes, which is which is really interesting. It's kind of been the way it's gone for Tennessee recently. But, you know, it, it's it, here, here's what you got to think about. If you're Tennessee, that's the waters you're used to swimming in. Like, I, I think yeah. it, it's weird because kid, kids of a certain age now probably don't know this. But college football has been played for a heck of a long time. And I think Tennessee's still one of the ten winningest programs in, in Division One history. So I mean, they're 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 a program where if you do the thing right, uh, you should be competing with everybody. It's just Tennessee lost its way for a decade or so, which is a pretty long time, and people forgot that Tennessee can do that. Well, if you do the job here correctly, you can do that. You just you know you got to get your stuff together, um, you know, and put out a better product on the field. And I think they're on their way to doing. It. We'll see what happens. 
Wes Rucker, Go Vols 24-7, obviously one of the, the long-time guys. And Joel and I are jealous of you, just so you know, because you got Bill Martin up there yeah. running media for you. That guy's yeah. the best. Yeah, I've liked, I've liked old Bill lately. Uh, I've decided, I haven't decided if I'm going to call him Q-Ball or not. I don't oh. know if he's going to like that if I do. <laughs> But uh, I like the guy. I like the guy so far. But then again, that's because probably because we haven't been on campus much, and he hadn't had a chance to cuss at me yet. No, but, you'll, I mean, you'll you know. like him plenty, man. Great guy. Tell him we said hello when next time you uh, you speak to him, please. Will do. I had nothing but good things to say so far. So Thanks. Good stuff. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Wes. No problem. Anytime, guys. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.